This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special edition of the Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Uh, joining me here in Madrid on the eve of the Champions League final, when I say eve, it's actually just a few hours away now, um, is James Pearce, our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? I am warm. Are you warm? Yeah, I'm a little bit sunburnt as well. You're a little right. bit sunburnt, and the reason for that is because you uh, spent the morning and a little bit of the afternoon playing in a media game, and uh, it got a bit lively towards the end, didn't it? Yeah, UK media against our Spanish counterparts, and um, John Coleman, manager of Accrington Stanley, was our player boss. I think it's fair to say the toughest challenge he's ever taken on, <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to the, uh, make a, a cohesive team out of the, the ones that turned up in dribs and drabs, I think. Uh, I think about 10 minutes before kickoff, we had about six players there. Um, I think, uh, fair to say, a few were had been less than professional on the eve of the game in terms of early <laughs> nights. This doesn't and, count. This doesn't include you, does it? I, mean, I, I was regretting those 12 croquettes, I must admit, <laughs> after the first 10 minutes. And that's for the eight meatballs. But um, yeah, we, just we were we were four 0 down against a team that were younger, fitter, stronger, more talented. Um, you slightly misled because I was led to believe that you'd be playing against old Benny. Yeah, love. yeah. I think that we got duped with that one. And then, but do you know what? In the second half, uh, we actually made a bit of a game. that ended up ended up losing five four. Um, it's fair to say, I think English and Spanish interpretations of what constitutes a foul are, are quite different. <laughs> um, that was, uh, it got a little bit a little bit tasty late on, um, but uh, yeah, they 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 uh, they killed down the last few minutes and clung on. But uh, yeah, I think we defeat, but there was some pride in it. Now, going back to some proper football. Yes, uh, I think we should talk about that. We should do, yes. Uh, last night, or yes, well, yesterday evening, uh, the press conferences were held at the Estadio Metropolitano, uh, Atletico Madrid's ground, which we obviously now visited. Very impressive, by the way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, incredible. It's, yeah, it's one of the better new grounds, shall we say. Um, great facilities as well. But Jurgen Klopp was first up. Uh, he, he's his first question he got asked he could kind of he kind of fended it off didn't he you could see where it was going basically referring to his six finals that he's lost in a row and what he's learned from them and you kind of thought oh he's a little bit spiky here but then after that it's like a master class in work in the room wasn't it he yeah. was just he was in such a good mood and all the questions that were coming to him he was having a laugh and having a joke he didn't seem like somebody who was massively stressed or worried about what was to come and there was an interesting thing that he did say he's basically he referred to the fact you know yeah, I'm, I'm quite laid back because I've learned that there's plenty of time after games to be unhappy. And obviously that is in reference to getting to these finals and not winning. And he made another throwaway comment about the fact that, you know, he got asked about whether he could feel the power of Germany. Uh, <laughs> I, I, which was a, that was a dangerous road to go down, I'd say, um, on the historic grounds. But basically that was in reference to the amount of people in Germany who would be supporting Liverpool because of him. And he said, yeah, 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 I know all of this. He says, but mainly I'm doing it for me, me family. They follow me to, what, quite rightly, to whatever team I go to. He basically said, it's about time I gave them a party. So he, he wasn't somebody who was, he didn't seem bothered by what was coming up, did he? No, and do you know what? I thought he was, he was in a ridiculously good mood. When, when, he, when he sat down with the, the UK kind of written papers earlier on in the week at Melwood, I think he, he, it was towards the end of about an hour and a half of media duties. And you could tell he was a little bit tetchy. And uh, you know, at one point he kind of said, "Look, you know, whatever I say here is not going to make a blind bit of notice to what actually happens on Saturday night. We've got, we've got, but 
you know, and you wondered whether after all the media he's done, he must have just thought, oh God, not another press conference. Like, what can I, <laughs> what can I possibly be asked that I haven't answered a hundred times already this week? But do you know what? Yeah, he looked like he was enjoying himself up well, on he, that he, stage. He, he did was... get asked a very silly question at one point, didn't he? he yeah. Because your first game for Liverpool man, as Liverpool manager was against Tottenham, he finished in a draw. So <laughs> could he? Could, could he? Did, did he? Yeah. He did go. He went wow. <laughs> so, so you're telling me because my first game against Tottenham ended a draw. There was a likelihood that this one will. Um, so there's a chance it could be a yeah. draw. I mean, you yeah. do you do always get some some crazy questions, don't you? When you know, because pretty much every country on earth was represented at that press conference. And um, do you know what? He was, you know, it was one wisecrack after another, wasn't it? You know, he talked about how he could he could write the book on winning semi-finals, but he said he's not sure that anyone would bother wanting to uh, to buy it. Um, he was asked about the Champions League, wasn't he? What change would he would, would he want to <laughs> And he says, "Yeah, just end it at the semi-finals. Yeah, just yeah. give the trophy to the semi-final winners." He said, um, and, and and you know, even he smiled his way through. Didn't he? The question about, you know, do you feel like you're an unlucky manager? Because, you, like, you know, I remember it, on a similar theme about probably about a month ago, he was uh, he was asked, you know, do you, do you feel as if you're almost like uh, you know, doomed a bit in the fact you've had so many near misses as a manager of the major finals? Obviously, what happened with the Premier League as well. And, and he gave a similar answer again yesterday that, no, I'm incredibly lucky. Because he said, you know, I'm manager of Liverpool Football Club. He said, you know, we've got this wonderful bond. He said, you know, there's, there's, there's love there both ways. Um, and you, you could just tell the fact that he was loving being, being back on the, the biggest stage in, in, in European football. And, you know, he, was, he said, you know, he said if, if you could look at the six finals in a row he's lost, I think he said, if you, if you, if you think that I was the problem in each of them then you'd be worried he said but I don't think I was I, you know, I don't think he wasn't as we've talked about before the biggest difference going into this one is that you know he's never gone into a final as he said with a team as talented or as mature as this and one that's also favourites to get the job done we have to be fair to Tottenham as well uh, unfortunately um, Mauricio Pochettino did his press conference after that he was similarly he was he did he did look a bit like he had, he had not a care in the world and he spoke very very glowingly about his team but also about Jurgen Klopp as well and said look he's done a great job and I know he's kind of like anticipating what might come for himself but he said the difficult thing is actually getting to these finals because you know, on the day you know it depends what how the universe is I think he said something like that sometimes it goes for you sometimes it goes against you but he was saying you know, Jurgen Klopp is one of the best best managers in the world he's you know, very amiable he's got a great character you know he's, he's quite funny and it, it's kind of like almost like Pochettino in a way isn't it they have slightly different styles of football but in some ways they're, they're kind of the same aren't they yeah and I think also there's a, there's a massive amount of mutual respect between the two of them in terms of the jobs that they've done I mean Klopp um, in, his, in his stuff with the written press was asked about Pochettino saying how it's it's ridiculous to judge a, man, a manager solely by the trophies that he's won. It's too simplistic, and it's they're dead, they're almost banded together, aren't they? By kind of you know sections of the media, I guess, and and fans of other clubs in general. There's two managers who you know they've, they've both transformed the clubs that they've been in charge of, but they haven't won anything. And um, you know, Klopp, Klopp said he said you know Pochettino's absolutely right. He said us as coaches, we don't judge each other on what what trophies they win because we appreciate the circumstances the different circumstances that each manager has the different resources they have you know what they're up against I mean yeah. that's an interesting point isn't it because most managers will never win anything yeah. but, but it doesn't mean they're exactly, not good at their jobs, not good at jobs because otherwise they wouldn't be in these jobs and they wouldn't keep on giving these jobs like the, the managers who help keep teams up the managers who get teams promoted yeah. don't necessarily by, mean by winning their particular league they all have different roles to play don't they yeah and it was 
But I didn't expect Chris Wilder's name to be name checked on the eve of the Champions League final <laughs> bit. He, he was actually by Klopp in terms of, you know, we talk about the Sheffield United manager, and he said he was delighted that he'd been crowned manager of the year um, and picked up one of those big prizes at the back end of the season because he said it's about recognising it's not just the team that finishes first and saying, you know, that the, the, everyone involved in that club has been brilliant. Everyone else. You know, in modern football, essentially, they're all frauds and bottlers and all the rest of it. That you've got to appreciate and, and look at the bigger picture. And um, but, you know, in the next breath, he did say that he knows that, in terms of the, the big wide world, winning trophies it is part of your legacy. You know, it's there's no getting away from that. I mean, I, I don't think you know, for for one of the, one of those two managers won't ever have to after tonight won't ever have to deal with that question ever again, will they? About not winning things because they'll have the biggest prize in, in, in club football on their CV um, you know, but for the other one you know, it'd it, be crushing disappointment but you know, over time I think they'll still appreciate that this has been a, an amazing season for, for both these teams but you know, we've said it time and time again haven't we? That you just have to take that next step because the, the, the first trophy that you win is, is always the most difficult one and you know Klopp said himself that we want to deliver the success that this club deserves because you know Liverpool has come so so close in recent years and uh, now this is another massive opportunity for them to, to get over the line. It is interesting if you look at it from a from a chronological point of view if you see Liverpool's progress Europa League Cup final, Europa League final getting into the Champions League then getting to the Champions League final then finishing second with a record amount of points so Look at Tottenham. So this is kind of slightly behind that. It's almost like Tottenham are in the position that Liverpool were in, say, twelve or eighteen months ago. Yeah. So you kind of get the impression that obviously one of these two managers is going to end that weight. But it seems like part of the reason Liverpool are favourites, other than the fact they finished twenty-six points ahead, etc., etc., is that they've got that experience. Klopp's got that experience, and it's not just him as a manager, because obviously he's been in the Champions League final before with, with Dortmund in twenty thirteen, where he's lost. But with this team all together, they've had the experience, and while last season they, was, they were kind of suggesting well it didn't really make any difference but it has done because they've been there they know what it's going to be like they know what it'll be like tonight when they're waiting around waiting for the game to start and then all the build up they'll have been able to this is like second age to them because they've done it before and while some of Tottenham's players like Hugo Lloris would have done it for a World Cup final which arguably is an even bigger game most of them won't have done that would they so it's like these small advantages that could count but as Klopp said it, these aren't advantages unless you actually put them into practice when you're actually on the pitch during the game. Yeah, it was. It, I thought he was spot on with what he what he said again in his chat with the written press about Tottenham. Where he said he knows that he, he said that people in England have Liverpool down as slight favourites. He said people in Germany said have Liverpool down as absolute nailed on certainties. But he said because all they look at is the points gap in the Premier League table. Say well you finished 26 points ahead of Tottenham, so you you nailed on to to beat them. Um, you know, and Klopp went on to say you know. Two very tight games with them, um, and it is it's fine margins, isn't it? Even you know, if you think back to the two-one win at Anfield, and you know Virgil Van Dijk rightly was lauded for that that piece of you know kind of defensive ingenuity, you know, stopping the the, 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 the pass from Sissoko to, to Son, and but you know he wouldn't you know he, he would by the other side of it he would have been made to look quite silly if Sissoko yeah. had actually just nailed that into the bottom <laughs> corner, and similarly at the other end you know if uh, Lloris hadn't made an absolute hash of that. Both Salah header, the own goal wouldn't have happened. So um, I think you know Klopp was right that he said you know he thinks the favourite thing has been 
it's been kind of like too much has been made of that but he did also then in the next breath go on to say that having been there already he, he does think that that should help and it, you know it, it was interesting what he picked out and it was something that struck me in Kiev last year is you know you can't treat it like a normal game because it's ridiculous there's a pop concert going on on the pitch like 15 minutes before the game's well, going to Poch- kick off Pochettino said this he said he said in his press conference that anybody who says we're preparing for this like a normal game is lying yeah. it's not a friendly yeah, it's like yeah. a big final you can't you, I, 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 I remember being sat there watching like Dua Lipa performing la- last year were you Thinking watching intently the uh, I'm a big fan big yeah. big fan yeah. um, and the music as well when he takes one kiss again thank you um don't get any other ideas. Um, and <laughs> if they win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting one if they win. Um, but, yeah, and you're thinking, how on earth is a football match going to kick off here in 15 minutes when you've got 400 dancers on the pitch, you've got a stage on the pitch, you've got a pop star, you've got light shows and fireworks and everything else. It did start late, and didn't it? It did it was, start late, I think. It's just, it's just yeah. all a bit ridiculous. And even Klopp said, you have like 20 minutes after the warm-up, sat in the dressing room, waiting and waiting. And he said, he said, you know, when you've never done that before that is not a pleasant time as a player when everything's racing through your mind he said but but Real Madrid had been there he said you know to them it was old hat oh you know we won't know exactly what the score is um, and then you know and then similarly he went on to talk about the issue of fatigue because it was put to him that I think fatigue has definitely played a part in Liverpool's two European final defeats under Klopp when you think they were absolutely out on their knees in the second half in Basel um, when they fell apart, really, and then I know obviously Carrius's meltdown effectively cost Liverpool the final last year, but I still think, you know, they, I still think they faded in that in that game, having, you know, although there were other circumstances with Salah's injury, but I think that that played a part. And, and Klopp said himself, you know, the difference was Liverpool were battling right to the end in the Premier League season, um, you know, for that top four spot, while Real Madrid knew they weren't really crowned champions. He said so, we were able to ease off and just prioritise that Champions League final. Same with with Sevilla um, three years ago but he said he feels like this is much more of a level playing field tonight you know Tottenham obviously were were needing to to push on to make sure they got in the top four in the Premier League Liverpool were still going for the title Um, so you know both teams have had very very similar preparation so you know that that kind of that dynamic that's probably counted against Liverpool in their two other European finals under Klopp isn't there tonight The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo uh, we'll just move on to the training session then. Just one thing we have to clear up before we go any further is Alison Becker, who uh, I spotted and you spotted as well. That he, he sat out like the last twenty minutes of the session and then just disappeared towards the end when they were having a team. Just after they had a team meeting, some of the players hung around. And I just put out saying it's a bit unusual that he didn't play in the practice game. And of course, Twitter went into meltdown, and I was <laughs> called all sorts of names, none of which can be repeated on here. And then, oh, uh, correct, yeah. And then you uh, you managed to check it out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's been to Anfield this season will know that Allison does actually, I think, I think almost without fail, leave the warm-up earlier mm. than the other than the other keepers. And I'm not sure exactly whether it's a, a superstitious thing or or what he what he goes and does, but he does he does head off a few minutes for everyone this was, else. This was madly different, though, wasn't it? He just basically yeah. just sat out the last 20, but, 25 but minutes. But again, checked it out, and it, and it is something. You know, it, it wasn't because he had a, an issue. It, it was. That is the way that they do things, and he'd already done what they what they wanted him to do, and he wasn't required for that short-sighted uh, game that they were playing. So it was Kelleher and Mignolet instead. So uh, so no nothing nothing to worry about there. Um, although I did see Mignolet pull off an absolute worldie from Moxley Chamberlain. Oh, did you? The, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll be required tonight. Uh, okay. Other well, the main concern for Liverpool in training was Roberto Firmino. Klopp had said in the press conference that he was fit and ready to start. Didn't say he was going to start it. <laughs> which was something else completely else. that would be amazing if he didn't yeah. and now that he said that he's fit what did he start. say he said, he said that if Pochettino gives you Tottenham's full lineup, yeah. call me later and I'll tell you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and basically came, he seemed to come through quite well I know we, we mentioned that he, he just did some running on Tuesday when we saw the open training session at Melwood but here he was knocking in a few goals and putting a nice back heel as well didn't he yeah he was he was much more active wasn't he, in this session than he was uh, earlier on in the week and um, he certainly looked fit I mean it was you know it was wasn't exactly high intensity training you wouldn't expect it to be so close to the final but you know he was turning he was spinning away he was nailing shots into the into the bottom corners there was one exquisite back heel that he, he tucked away from a from a ball in um so yeah it certainly didn't look any concerns there at all the, you know in the end it just comes down to Klopp's intuition whether he's whether he's match fit um well, I don't think he, I don't think he started the game as he since Cardiff. What was that kind of probably that was the Cardiff. Well, that was April the twentieth or something? Yeah, five, five or six weeks. Yeah. Um, so <coughs> you know, they're both both managers. To be honest, have got huge decisions to make there. I mean, later on, we were watching Kane, and, and similarly, Kane played just as much a part in that that session as Firmino did. Um, he looked to play a little less. I was keeping a bit of an eye on him. I'm starting to think he'll be on the bench. Yeah, that's that would be my hunch that he isn't playing. But you know that is that is a massive call for both both of those managers, and then you, you kind of think you know that will be one key thing that decides the outcome. You know because you know if you if you if they start and don't do the don't do a job, you know that that's then a really awkward thing as a manager to then take off one of your elite level players because you've effectively made the wrong judgment call in thinking that they were ready for it. Um, and similarly, you know, if, to leave them out is a big, big shout because um, you know, Kane for them is such a, a potent goal scorer, and we know Liverpool just don't operate the same way without Firmino. I mean, Origi has obviously taken on cult icon status with his contribution over the course of this season, but he is a very different type of, of centre forward, and I think, you know, like most Liverpool fans, I'd be I'd be a lot happier if his name is on that team sheet later on. Now you also spoke before the game uh, to Fabinho, who's become a bit of a hero on the cop. Uh, over, of course, his, his career at Anfield started very, very slowly, and uh, he revealed a, a couple of games where he realised that things were perhaps n- not quite as he expected. And then the game where he thought he finally uh, it all started to penny dropped. Yeah, he was very honest. Really, he was talking about how um, you know that those difficult opening few months to his Liverpool career. Um, and he said it was actually Arsenal away that kind of opened his eyes to the the kind of sheer pace and intensity of the Premier League. I think you know, I remember we were both there, weren't we, that that night? And he and he did really, really struggle. I think I lost count of the number of times he had his his pocket picked and mm. the ball taken away from him because he just he just seemed to want to play the game at a different a different pace to everyone else. And you know, Arsenal obviously have their critics, but they, that they were actually really, really good that night. Um, but you know, he said that on the back of that, he went away, you know, worked with the manager, realised what he needed to change, and then he felt that the, the day that he truly arrived as a Liverpool player was that three-one win over Manchester United, um, probably mid mid December, when um, you know I think I gave him man of the match that day. He was absolutely absolutely uh, brilliant in terms set, of. Well, he set up the goal, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, the lofted pass for Mane's volley, um, just the the way that he kind of crunched into tackles and used the ball well and 
I think that was the kind of day as well. You realised he was a lot more than just a just a kind of someone who would, you know would work hard and shut down space. That he 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 was he could have an impact on games further forward as well. And to be honest, since then he hasn't looked back. I mean, he was he'd been absolutely brilliant in the last few months of the the season. And to be honest, when when you when you're up close to Fabino because he hasn't really because he doesn't speak uh, very good English. He hasn't done much media at all over the course of this season. With the, certainly not with the English press, um, but he's, he's actually quite a slight fella. Yeah. He's 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 not. Um, he's wiry, I think, is the yeah, word you're looking for. Yeah, yes. he is wiry. He's not um, because you know, I, I think about his impact on games in the second half of the season. You think you think he'd, he'd be quite kind of solid in terms of uh, physical bulk strength, but um, but yeah, I think I think it's just a case of he just uses his body really really well. He reads the game well as well. Um, and just massive for him. You know, he said that you know, 12 months ago, he was sat at home watching that final in Kiev, knowing that a couple of days later he'd be completing the formalities. That 40 million pound move. Um, I wish at the time he picked up the phone and told us. <laughs> yes, could have been a nice exclusive. Indeed, would have nice. stopped me doing it on the uh, <laughs> after 15 hours of coming back from Kiev. Thanks for <laughs> that. Managed to, they managed to keep that very quiet. But um, he said, you know, just just an amazing journey for him. I mean, this Liverpool team's full of individual great stories isn't it but you know when you think about Fabinho I think he didn't even didn't he? He didn't even play a full Premier League game till the back end of October and um, you know, there was all those whispers about whether he whether he might even move on in January there was never any chance of that but you know for him to finish his first season at the club with walking out in the, the biggest game in club football I think he's one as well that you would have you know although he's not been there before I don't think you'd have any concerns about his ability to handle the size of the occasion because um you know, he's he's played in a lot of big games for, for you know, and he's a he's a top class player. True. Move on to the team then. I know we've done this a few times, but we've now we've seen them training. We've heard what Jurgen Klopp had to say. We kind of know what Tottenham's team's going to be. Certainly, some of it. So, what we're saying for the team? Allison and goal. Despite, yeah. Despite that non-score <laughs> yesterday, uh, and Mignolet's great save from Oxley Chamberlain. Um, Trent Roberts and the fullbacks. Yeah, I don't think the back four is any. Yeah, Van Dijk matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do the front three then. In fact, no, we won't. We'll do the midfield first. Uh, mention Fabinho. Is he in? Yeah. Henderson is he in? Yeah. Now, Wijnaldum or Milner or any of the others, what are you I going for? Well, I, I'm going I'll go first. I'll go yeah. first. I'm going to go with. You know, I've got to go with Wijnaldum. Yeah, I, I think Wijnaldum should just get the nod, but. I just think that's such a difficult, difficult call. Well, I will get the nod, but I'm absolutely convinced unless something ridiculous happens during the game, that Milner will get on in the second half. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, it's it's just an, it's just a, a, a fantastic position for for Klopp to be in, isn't it? You know, to rather than you know, in previous finals, been a case of you know who's who's left standing and having to rush players back that maybe aren't completely ready, and then you've got four midfielders like that. Um, yeah, I mean, part of me, part of, I think, I've always all week I've thought it would be Wijnaldum, and then I don't know. The closer it gets, then you think you know, Milner has been is such a huge presence, and Klopp does tend to find room for him, especially in in the big games. But yeah, I think I think Wijnaldum has just been too good this season, mm. not not to play him, um, and then yeah, further forwards, I'd go with Fabinho. Uh, with Fabinho. You're gonna go with Fabinho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think. I just yeah, I'd want him out there from I'd want him out there from the start. I just I, I think the type he is. I know he hasn't played much football in the last six or seven weeks, but yeah, I want him. I want him to start. Scored in both games against Tottenham this season as well. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I think even even little things like that help. You know, it puts puts that little seed of doubt in in their defenders' minds, having having known that that what he's done to them previously, and also for him, you know, players do tend to have for whatever reason good little bursts about certain clubs because you know he'll be thinking about those games, and uh, you know hopefully he's got another couple in in him tonight. Right, we'll finish them with predictions. Um, I we we did this in Dublin, didn't we? And I said. Liverpool by two goals and you know I'm going to stick with it simply because I think it's about time that they you know they, they traditionally make you know they, 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 it's, it's our going isn't it when Liverpool win a trophy <laughs> basically is what I'm saying yeah. you look at the finals that they've won there's very few that they've won by two goals or more in fact the one that they won again I did a piece on it and all, I forgot the United game in the in the League Cup in 2003 because it felt like it was a lot closer than 2-0 because United played decent on the day and Liverpool made to fight for it Liverpool get made to fight for it again against Tottenham uh, later today but they've got better players across the park they're a better team there's a reason why they finished 26 points ahead of them there's a reason why although Tottenham did play well in spells certainly in the Anfield game uh, that Liverpool beat them in both games and while Tottenham feel as though their names on it after what happened you know, against City against Ajax against Barcelona in the group stage how they got through Liverpool probably feel the same way about what they did against Barcelona in the semi-finals and that kind of almost like you know levels that out evens it out so I don't think that really comes into it so if it's down to pure quality if both play, if basically if both teams play as well as they can Liverpool win by two I hope you're right it would be it would, it would be lovely to think it would be uh, that straightforward I, I just I, I think we've been here so many times with Liverpool in major finals and you just know that they you know when they do deliver they don't tend to go about it the easy way Um I've got a feeling we might be going to extra time. No, I don't say that. Um, I think I just. Do you know what? I think so much depends on, you know, where, if if someone someone strikes first early on, then I think that'll open up. But I think if, if, it, if that doesn't happen, I, th- I I can see it being quite cagey. I think both managers, just with what's at stake, will be worried about over committing and getting done on the counter. Both both teams have got real pace. Um, and you know the ability to hurt the opposition. So I think I can, I can see it being one each, one each after ninety. But I think that is when Liverpool's greater experience and greater talent, and also the mentality of this team, all come to the fore. And I fancy, I fancy the Reds three-one after extra time. Um, so we're both right then. So yeah, I just think. I just don't think it'll be. In, I, I just think <laughs> I'm it, seems, like really it just, it just though, seems yeah. too good to be true for the, for it to happen inside 90 minutes. But you're right. You do, you do look at it, and even I don't know. Even walking around the city last night, and there just seemed a bit of a difference between the two sets of fans in terms of. Well, that like, comes down to what I was saying before about progress of the team, yeah, the relative, you know, Tottenham where they fans, are in their stages. Yeah, because I think for Tottenham, just, just a massive be, deal to, for them to be yeah. here, their first ever European Cup final, is is a massive thing in itself but for Liverpool it's not about being here it's about winning it because the um, you know for, for everything that this this team this team's too good a team to end up trophyless at the end of this season and you know when you add in you know the, the heartache from Kiev you know, Klopp described that as giving them extra petrol um, was his phrase going into this one and what happened in the Premier League to, to, to perform so so well for nine months to come up just short um, I just think this team has been building up for this moment and I expect them to get the job done. Thank you very much then. Uh, join us tomorrow where hopefully we'll be talking about Liverpool 3 Tottenham 1. Cheerio. Let's hope so.
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.